is the Bible, what does the Bible say about transgender? In the beginning, way back there, thousands of years ago, he made them male and female, not male, female, question mark. Now, as we think about this, there are biological markers that prove this. Matter of fact, um, when you look at uh, the male chromosome, it's made as XY is what makes up males. It's an XY chromosome. When you look at females, it's an XX chromosome. So they're absolutely different. It's not a third option. There is no third option. And so there are biological markers that have been laid down that have been in existence forever. Now you say, well, the Bible didn't say anything about transgender right there. It said a whole lot about transgender. It said in the beginning, he created them male and female. No other options. There was no other options there. Now the Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about it because there's really not a whole lot to say about it. I mean, how much more do you say about it? He made them male. He made them female. I put the, the male chromosomes in the males that are XY, and in the female, I put the XX, and they are not together. There's no way they can be crossed up. So there's, there's not a lengthy dissertation to go into about it. You say, yeah, but pastor, it doesn't say transgender. Well, you know, the Bible also doesn't say rapture, but a lot of you are waiting on it. It lays it out in a theological context that describes it. And I mean, the Bible, and for thousands and thousands of years, this issue has been settled. So why do we think that within the last 20 years, we can rewrite the, the chromosome code for male and female? Now, here's the interesting dynamic about that. Trying to change your ethnicity is like trying to change your race. You can't do it. You cannot change your race. You cannot change your ethnicity. Just because you may be an American and you may start reading a book about what it's like to live in Iraq or what it's like to live in, 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 a, in a European country or what it's like to live in China and you read all the books on what it's like to be Chinese, what it's like to be uh, you know, just from a different nationality, a different ethnicity, and just you, you can't... You may start saying, well, I feel Chinese. And you may feel Chinese, but it doesn't make you a Chinese. You're still an American. You're still, you still have your genealogy. So as we look at this, here's the interesting dynamic. So I know what you're thinking. You say, well, pastor, what does the Bible talk about when he talks about eunuchs? Because he lays it out here in the Bible where he talks about eunuchs. Well, here's what eunuchs are. There are three types of eunuchs. And so in the Bible, it lays them out. There's eunuchs by birth, which means they were born a eunuch. They were born without the ability to be able to reproduce. They were missing things. And so therefore, they, they are born by a eunuch by birth. Now, you say, why would God do such a thing? Well, you know, we live in a fallen world. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the whole earth is under a curse. Matter of fact, it says that the earth cries out longing to be released from the, the, the curse that it's under in the book of Romans chapter 8. Yeah, that life verse that we love where it says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you back it up a few more scriptures, it talks about that. It talks about how the whole earth groans in labor pains wanting to be released from the curse that it's under. I mean, not only did Adam and Eve fall, but everything fell. The whole earth fell under the curse. 
Now, as we think about this, so there, there are people that are born. They're born different. They're born, um, in, in, they're born with birth defects and different things. Now, here's the interesting thing. So a eunuch, they could be a eunuch by birth, a eunuch by choice. Paul was a eunuch by choice. He said, I, I choose to stay single. He said, I wish you were like me, but I understand not all of you can be like me because a lot of you are burning with passion, amen? And that's why he said, it's better for you to marry than burn, amen? And so when we think about this, there are those eunuchs by choice. In the Old Testament, they were Nazarites, the Nazarite vow. And so there are people who have chosen to be a eunuch by choice. Now, when they choose to be a eunuch by choice, it has to be a supernatural power empowering them. If not, if you just choose to do it and God's not equipped you to be a eunuch by choice, you're heading for private disaster. I mean, that's why we have people who profess to be uh, celibate, but yes, you find out things about them that are opposite of that. I'll move on from that before I get in trouble. But as we look at this, it talks about there, there's by birth, there's by choice, and there's by force. Now, in the biblical days, they would make men eunuchs by force. I mean, they would put them through the process of, of uh, castration, and they would make them eunuchs by choice because they would put them over their harem with all of their women, and they didn't want the king or the emperor, didn't want him fooling with their women, so they made sure that they removed the sexual desire. So there were three ways you could be a eunuch. You could be a eunuch by birth, by choice, or by force, but you were still male or you were still female. Now, let me answer one more question for you because I know... Some of you may be asking this question here. What do you, what is the, well, Pastor, what about, you say it's either male or female. Well, what about the hermaphrodites? What about those people? How do you reconcile that? You know, matter of fact, you got, really got to take it into consideration because I didn't realize this until I began to study for this sermon series, but one in every 2,000 people are a hermaphrodite. Think about that. What does that mean? It means that they have both, both organs for it maybe internally and some externally. And, and they have both. And so you say, well, what about those people? That must be the question mark. That must be the other. That must be the R. Well, a long time ago when people were born this way, they would just begin to remove one of the external organs so that they, could, they wouldn't be that way. But what began to happen was when a baby's a baby, you can't really tell if they boy or girl unless you take their diaper off. Amen? I mean, think about this. How many of you ever had a baby girl and they said, isn't that a cute little boy? Or how many of you ever had a little boy and they said, isn't that a cute little girl? And you're like, can't you, I mean, those little bald-headed girls that never grow hair. That mama has to basically scotch tape a pink bow on her hair, her head, so people will quit calling her a boy. Amen? And so when you think about that, you're like, man, they got on pink clothes and all this. You can't tell by the external features. And so they would just make this surgery very early on, but then later they'd find out, oh, my goodness, it was a girl or it was a boy. Because here's the interesting thing about people who struggle with this, or born this way. They, they are born either XY or XX. Just because they happen to have both sexual organs doesn't mean they're an XXY or an XYY. Are you with me? They're either male or female. You say, well, they have both organs. Well, I don't understand this because I'm just a poor common preacher that come off the farm. But here's what I'm telling you is that science proves it. Science proves that they're either male or female regardless of the duplication of equal organs. They're, they're the same. They're, they're, they're not male, female, question mark. So 
That's what the Bible is saying. That's what science is saying. Are you with me? So what does that mean for us today? Well, what it means for us today is a lot. It means that the, the Bible is telling us something specifically. And the Bible is telling us this, that you are made in the image of God. Here's what the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 20 and verse 24. Now, I know this has nothing to do with transgender, but it has a whole lot to do with the way we were made. The Bible says in the book of Luke 24, they were arguing over paying taxes. Now, that's an that's a, that's a argument that's been going on for a very long time. I mean, all the way back into Jesus' day, they were arguing over whether we should pay taxes. And Jesus said, hand me that coin in this passage of Scripture in Luke 20. And they handed him that coin, and he said, whose image is on this coin? In our modern time, we'd, we'd say, well, what dead president's on that dollar bill? Whose image is on that coin? And in, in Jesus' day, they said it's Caesar. Caesar's image is on that coin. And Jesus said in Luke 20 and 24, Then you render to Caesar's what is Caesar's, and you render to God what is God's. Now what that means is a whole lot. Because he's saying that on the image of that coin, it bears the image of Caesar's. Therefore, it is Caesar's. So the question becomes, whose image do we bear? Well, the Bible says this in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Turn all the way back there with me for a moment. Actually, chapter 1. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Underscore that in your Bible. According to our likeness, in our image and our likeness, he made them male and female. He says, let them have dominion over the earth, over the fish, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over the creeping things. And it says, so God created them. He said, let us create them. And then it says he created them here, male, and he created them in his own image. Look at this. Look at verse 27. Underline this in your Bible. So God created them, man, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female. Go back for just a moment. Here's what the Bible is saying. Here's what the Bible is saying to us. God made them male and female. Here's what the Bible is saying to me personally. He's telling me it doesn't matter whether I'm a male or a, a female, a man or a woman. I am not a question mark. Now just pardon me for a minute while I just lean in on this for a second. God did not make you as a question mark. God made you as a purpose and a plan. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, I know the plans that I have. I mean, the Bible in Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, and before you were... While you were in your mother's womb, I ordained you. I knew you. I ordained you as a prophet and a, to, to the people of God. The Bible says that God knows he has the plans for us. We are not a question mark. Today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are not a question mark, that we are a solid, we are a solid, settled law, male or female, XY or XX chromosomes. Science doesn't lie. The Bible doesn't lie. And can I just say, that every time science tries to prove the Bible wrong, it only ends up proving it right. I mean, the science says we're going to prove that there has to be a question mark. Well, in the process of proving a question mark, it proves that it was right. I was reading this quote from a famous uh, surgeon who performs uh, sex changes, and here's what he says. I can, train, I can change the sex, I can change the organs, but I'll tell you something, all I can do is change the birth certificate. They are still 
male and they are still female. Now, that's not a dumb country preacher telling you that. That's a surgeon who is actually changing the things down under. He says, I can change them, but I can't change them. Now, I know this is a little uncomfortable. You're probably thinking, we shouldn't talk about this in the church. Well, the problem is, the church doesn't want to talk about it. And as a result, the church is having no influence in the world. And so the world is looking to the DNC and the RNC and the president and the Senate and the Congress for a solution. And they don't have the solution. The solution is God. The solution is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and that alone. So as we look at this, it says that we were made in His image, in His life. Likeness. In his likeness. I asked him to do this at Camp Payo. Right now you can take out your smart device. If you got one. Let me see your smart device if you got it. Hold it up. Alright. Go ahead and put it on camera mode. Go ahead and put it on camera mode. And then turn that camera around to where it's looking at you. You know the steps. Hold it up there. And take a picture. Take a picture of you. Now look at that picture. That picture is in the image of God. I don't know what God looks like because no man has ever seen God. But I know what God's word says. That I am made in his image. Can I get a witness in the house of God today? I am made in the image of God. Show that picture to your neighbor and say, that is the image of God. I hadn't seen God, but there's his image. There's his thumbprint. There's his DNA. It's kind of like this. Have you ever had a little baby boy? We got one right now. You ever had a little baby girl? They say, well, he looks a little bit like his mama. He he looks a little bit like his daddy. And you know the reality is people don't have a clue because one person will walk up and say, boy, he looks just like you. The next minute later, a person will walk up and say, boy, he looks just like his mama. You know what that means? It's about perception. But here's what they are saying. No child looks just like them, but they are saying that in that child is the image of the father. Oh my goodness, let me just clear a spot off here and preach a spell because we are made in the very image of God and God did not make creatures for heaven or hell and sentenced them to an eternal darkness he made them for heaven amen we have to choose it he made us in his image the bible is saying a lot to us the bible is saying that in this world there are things that are happening and man is trying to find solutions based on how people feel i know that people in our our military now pays for sex changes. Can you imagine what's going to happen at the end of this experiment? The reality of transgender is an emotional disorder that must be ministered to compassionately, that must be ministered to with all of our heart, that must be ministered to with people running towards it and not away from it. The issue of transgender is an issue that people are struggling with and they're basing their whole life on how they feel. I'll tell you something. When you base your life on how you feel, you're a roller coaster. You're up one day, you're down the next. I'm telling you, that you, how do you feel? Well, I mean, when you think about this, what God is saying is that we are His image and we are His design and the world today, our surgeons and our technology think that we have the ability, we have the knowledge to know more than God. And we don't. Because we are having these new sex change surgeries. We're changing birth certificates. We're changing things down under on people 
but you're not changing the heart of the problem. Let me explain it this way. In the overall population, look at this statistic. 5% of people commit suicide. So the general population, there's a 5% suicide rate. In the lesbian, gay, and bisexual community, there is a 20%, a 20% suicide rate. So overall, take us all into consideration, there's a 5% suicide rate. When you break it down to lesbian, gay, and bisexual, there's a 20%. It jumps to 20%. But when you get to the transgender community, it jumps up to a 41% suicide rate. Why? Because these people say this, well, I have felt this way my whole life, that I was trapped in a body that wasn't my own. And so therefore, I, here's the thing. They thought, boy, if they could ever have a surgery, if I could ever get enough money to have the surgery and reverse the, 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 uh, my sexual organs, then I will be happy and I will be fulfilled. The problem is that changing your gender identification, changing your birth certificate, and running around and living a life that is not the life you were created to be will not bring you happiness. And my heart breaks today for people who are trapped in a transgender situation because they think that this is the hope of all hopes, the quintessential crowning of peace, joy, love, and happiness. But yet when they go through all of this and they spend all that they have and they change their sexual orientation externally because they can't change it internally they are still emotionally heartbroken they are still in emotional despair and many of them take their own life because there is no other option I want you to know today that if you are here or you are watching online or on television I want you to know the greatest hope is not in a surgeon the greatest hope is not in being who you think you ought to be but in who God created you to be run to the author and the finisher of your faith who loved you so much he made you in his image I know it's not popular but it's gospel what is the Bible saying to me we're made in his image in the image of God what does the Bible want me to do about it the third question we've been asking well, if you're someone struggling with the issue of transgender, he wants you to seek help. And in the past, you've been seeking help from people who would agree with you about where you are, who would agree with you about your lifestyle. You seek help in a, in a circle of people who will coddle you. You seek help in a circle of people who won't speak the truth to you. Now listen, here's what you need to do is seek help spiritually. The first thing is spiritually. I don't understand it. I've never struggled with it, so I can't identify with it. I mean, so the, I, the issue is, though I know the things that I do struggle with, I just run to the foot of the cross and I say, Lord, I can't have victory over this. Lord, I need a spiritual victory. Lord, I need you to work this work in my life. So the first thing that you must do is just run to God and say, Lord, I believe your word. I am no longer doubting your word. Lord, I believe that you created us male and female. Lord, I believe that you created me in your image, Lord. And in your image, God, is how I want to stand. Lord, I can't rationalize it. Lord, I don't feel okay. I don't look okay. I don't, I'm not happy. I'm not joyous. But Lord, I run to your mercy seat and I throw myself at you and say, Lord, have your way spiritually in my life. And then we need to run and have somebody help us psychologically. 
As I said earlier, the psychological community has proven that the issue of transgender is an issue of psychological and emotional disorder where people are struggling. They are struggling so much to find their way. They're struggling so much to find their way. And you've got to help get help psychologically. And then we've got to get help emotionally. You need somebody with some skin on that would say, you know what, I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. I'll suffer along with you. I may not be able to help you spiritually. I may not be able to help you psychologically. But I'm telling you, I can help you emotionally. I can come along beside you, and I can cry with you. If you need to cry, I can cry with you. If you need to laugh, I can laugh with you. If you need to go for a long ride out in the country, I can load you up in my vehicle and take you on that journey. If you need to get away, if you need to call me in the middle of the night, you need to call me in the early morning, you need to call me in the middle of the day, I will be a person who will come along beside you and love you for who God created you to be and love you all the way to the cross, love you all the way back to His image love you all the way to hope health and healing for the believer earnestly wanting to know how to live in this lifestyle that we now call you got to quit protecting your children guys you can't protect your children from this I realize it's only 0.03% of the population that identifies as transgender. But they're making the most noise. They have the news media on their side. They have a whole segment of politicians on their side. So how, what must you do? You, I, wish you could, I wish I could shelter my children from it. But I cannot. I live in a fallen world that is spinning out of control. Therefore, I must guide, I must nurture, I must educate, I must train my children. Now, there's a whole difference in training and raising. You, you can't raise your kids through this, folks. You raise cattle. You raise chickens. You go out there and throw them a little bit of feed and Come back 24, maybe even 36 hours later, depending on how much you leave in their trough. But your children need to know that they can have conversation with you about this. They need to know that they can talk to you about their struggles. If they're struggling with the issue of homosexuality, if they're struggling with the issue of transgender, they need to know that they can come to you and that you won't kick them out, that you won't bar the driveway. I'm telling you that you will realize that they can come to you and you will love them. It doesn't mean you have to condone it. It doesn't mean you have to accept it. But I am telling you that the same way they cannot get rid of their XY, XX chromosomes, they cannot get rid of your DNA. They are your children. God has positioned them there in your home. He's brought them there for you to identify with them. He's brought them for you to love them, for you to pray for them, for you to suffer along with them, for you to cry with them, for you to laugh with them, for you to take the long stroll down a pathway to bring them to victory. We must embrace people who are struggling this way personally in your home. For your children, what must you do? If they're not struggling with the issue of that, you need to thank the Lord. You need to thank God for this. For the victory, you need to pray 
You need to pray that you can teach them to have compassion and not prejudice. You need to teach them to have mercy and not judgment. Listen, I believe in this nation that we are all created and we all have equal rights. But you don't get preferred rights based on sexual orientation or ethnicity. Boy, I'm just wading off in it deep here this morning, isn't I? And so as we think about this, here's the dynamic. What God is saying is that, I mean, he's wanting the church to run towards them and not away from them. Listen to me, church, today, we have been running from it. We have stuck our head in the sand for a long time thinking if I forget about it, maybe it won't happen. Maybe if I get rid of cable, I won't have to deal with it. Let me tell you, it's no longer like that. When you go into a restaurant, there may be somebody struggling there. I, I, there's somebody I know in our city that I eat at a restaurant regularly who is struggling with the issue of transgender. They may be a cashier at a store. You don't need to find a new restaurant. You don't need to find a new store store you need to go in that store day after day matter of fact you need to go buy something even when you don't need to buy something just so you can start building a relationship with somebody who's broken with somebody who needs a savior with somebody who you can suffer long with and get to the place where one day one day you may be able to tell them the greatest story in all the world and it's that you are made in the very image of God who knows you may be the person standing between them and an eternity separated from God forever and ever and ever. Let's rise up, church. Let's give an account for it. Let's quit running from it. Let's start running towards it and say, God, I am resolved to make a difference in my community. I am resolved to make a difference in my city. Why? Because of our scripture last week. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, And do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do, you not, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, is what it says in the King James. Which, if you look that word up, word up in the Greek, it's people with a soft touch. People who are males that have feminine tendencies. When you look at this, it says homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, why must we run to them? Because while the church has been on a superior high horse for a long time, we need to realize what it says in verse 11. And such were some of you before you were washed, before you were clean, before you were sanctified, before you were justified, before your soul was filled with the Holy Ghost, before you were the temple of the Holy God. We were broken, doomed, and damned with no hope in sight. You may not be struggling with the issue of transgender or the issue of homosexuality, but if you are a man and you are a full-throated, have male... Male DNA running through you. You are struggling this summer when women are running around half clothed. Can I get a witness? Aren't you ready for winter time so you don't have to lust quite so much? Good gracious. Good gracious, it's hard. Boy, let me just wait off in it while I'm there. Amen. We struggle with the issue of lust, we struggle with the issue of. Drunkenness, adultery, lying. Listen, there is no difference. And may I say unto you today, if you're watching this and you're struggling with the issue of transgender, it is not the unpardonable sin. 
The only unpardonable sin is blasphemy on the Holy Ghost.